And we are back with Know Your Enemy. I am Dave Schofield, co-editor behind the steelcurtain.com, filling in for deputy editor Michael Beck tonight. Jeffrey Benedict, he's here. He's ready to go. We've got RJ Ochoa from blogging the boys. See, I, I said it right both times. I didn't, I didn't put the I didn't put the width in there. I got it. Blogging the boys. It's not with the boys. You're we got it. Um, talking about this this matchup coming up. There's some interesting things still. I mean, right now, the last I checked, it's a it's a 14 point. I mean, the Steelers are favored by 14. It's not enough. That's just, that's just that's that's unheard of. Steelers fans are super worried because when the the it seems like the more the Steelers are favored, they feel the more likely they are to, to lose. That's a little bit of a myth. I I covered that one on my stat geek show, so make sure you check out that one as well. Um but they also don't cover as easily, but you're not trying to cover. You're just trying to win. But you have to remember that the Cowboys, they're a game and a half out of the division. <laughs> now, really, you know, tiebreakers a little bit, yeah, but they're a game and a half out of being in a playoff spot. I mean, the Cleveland Browns are five and three and further out of the division than what the Cowboys are because they're playing in the NFC East. So RJ, even though everything is down and everything is what was me, seriously, can can this team make a push and, and get that spot and lose that opening, you know, host that opening round that they can lose to the top team that uh, didn't win their division or what? Or, or what do you really what do the cow what what as a Cowboys fan do you want out of this season at this point? So um, entering their week eight game against the Philadelphia Eagles, the Cowboys were either the only team or one of two teams, I believe, um, in NFL history uh, to be 0-7 against the spread in the first seven games of the season. Um, they are now 0-8 against the spread. And so if, um, you know, if you've got some jelly beans or whatever on this game, I would feel very comfortable, uh, honestly. <laughs> and, and that isn't, you know, the self-deprecating, you know, whatever – I mean, the, the Cowboys are down everybody. Um, they, they have, I mean, literally, historically, one of the worst defenses to, to ever play this game. Um, you know, they have a, a, a team full of quit. Um, they're down to Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush, a quarterback. I mean, everything about this, it's, you know, it's, it's almost funny. I mean, that's, you, you kind of look for that. Um, everything about this season has sort of highlighted to the Cowboys all of their mistakes over the last couple of years. And they, they chose to extend a running back and an off-the-ball linebacker last offseason. That has blown up in their face in Zeke Gallaud and Jalen Smith. They chose not to extend Dak Prescott. He has proven every week more and more to be the center of their franchise. They hired Mike McCarthy, and while he has dealt with a number of variables, both you know culturally related and, and obviously a lot of football ones, um, you know that that doesn't look great right now. And so there is there is dysfunction brewing within the Cowboys. And so um, I I don't. I don't want the Cowboys to win personally. I mean, at this point, yeah. I, I mean, because like, what's what's the best case scenario? Okay, cool. We all get a cap and T-shirt at Christmas time. They win the NFC East. Awesome. Um, like, when I would never wear that ever again. You know what I mean? Like, I, I would wear it for the, the like the photo I would throw on Instagram, and then that would be it because it would it would be nothing but like a cone of shame for the rest of my life. You, you know what? I really see there. I'm just feeling for Jeffrey. What are your thoughts on on, on RJ's assessment of of how how do you you know we didn't experience that at all last year with, with the Steelers? At least you or I didn't. 
we still were holding on that, you know, this team's defense was good enough. They could still maybe make some noise in the postseason. You know, as Mike Tomlin says, if they can't score, you can't lose. So, <laughs> the- well, we had we had a little bit of that. Um, go back to the first two weeks of the season of yeah. 2019 when we did not have a safety. No. We didn't have a free safety, and this defense honestly looked like trash. This looked like the worst defense. And then Minka Fitzpatrick comes on board, and all of a sudden they're a top-five defense, and everyone's like, holy crap, how well, how do you do anything against the Pittsburgh Steelers? Mm-hmm. Where for two weeks against Russell Wilson and Tom Brady, our defense was a joke. Yeah. So what I have looked at with, with the Cowboys is there are some missing pieces, but the big – but but – what I'm hearing here is is the bigger problem might be the culture. Yeah. It might be it, it's more than just you know these players are missing and hey next year they'll be back. Dak will be back. You know we you patch this hole, patch that hole, and bam, we could be the seven and zero team. But I, instead of that, what I'm hearing is that this team has serious problems and maybe if this goes bad enough, it might be enough to blow it up and and you know maybe get some of these things addressed. And I'm I want to ask RJ about this real quick before we get into our 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 final questions for the night is do you think it's a there's a problem with not the right fit with your players and your new coaching staff? Do you think that's part of the culture issue or do you think it's something else? Um, so I'm, I'm not from the Pittsburgh area, uh, but obviously there's a lot of cliches about it. Right. And, you know, you've got, you know, the blue collarness of it all. And, and Michael McCarthy is from there, um, likes to get his hands dirty, you know, maybe likes, you know, likes to use the, his, his, his polo to wipe his face when he's eating a sandwich, whatever he's, he's that guy. And the, the Cowboys do have a country club sort of culture. And I, I think that maybe there isn't a meshing. And I think, you know, you go look at the roster turnover when he first took over the Green Bay Packers in 2006 to um, uh, we, we don't have to necessarily talk about the, the highest point of success he's had. Uh, cause I know it's a, a painful memory for you guys, but, uh, but you know, there was, a great, there, there was a great amount of turnover in those four years. And I, I do buy into that. I, I do believe that there are guys that don't fit what the head coach is doing, especially when, when things have been the same way for the Cowboys for so long. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure NFL fans look at the star in Frisco, the Cowboys training complex or AT&T Stadium, um, obviously the, their, their home venue. Those places, for the most part, were entirely under the Jason Garrett era. Uh, I mean, Jason Garrett was the Cowboys head coach for a decade. And that's really crazy to think about, but that's a longstanding culture. And a lot of that culture is really good. I mean, the, the Cowboys certainly care about the community. And, and Jason Garrett really prioritized finding the right kind of guy was, was his particular phrase. Um, but and, and you could certainly accuse the Cowboys of, of going the opposite direction of that many times. But I, I do think that there's an issue. And I think that that's the difference with last year's team. And you mentioned it, Jeffrey, I mean, about trading for Minka Fitzpatrick. That is that is one very interesting example because the Cowboys have refused to invest any high level resource in a safety. Uh, they were obviously very interested in Earl Thomas, as everybody knows. They were somewhat interested in Minka Fitzpatrick. They were obviously connected to Jamal Adams. They have had opportunities to draft safeties. They passed on, you know, a number of them many times in different NFL drafts. Um, and, and they just believe that you can throw some dude back there. And I'm not saying a lack of safety is why the Cowboys haven't won a Super Bowl in almost 30 years. But, uh, but it's part of it. And I think that that's, you know, an issue. 
with how they view football. And I, I think that that does need a reset in a lot of ways. And I think that that takes time. When you get a new head coach, you know, sometimes his, his beliefs take time to hold. Uh, not everybody's fortunate enough to have three coaches over the last five million years like the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's a really good point. And it, it all it it starts from the top down. It always does. Um, you're I don't know how Cowboys fans really feel about Jerry Jones. I do know how the rest of the league feels about him. So we'll just kind of leave it at that. Um, before we get into the final question, which is going to be your game prediction, the the, the next to last thing that you know Michael's telling me, hey, make sure you ask this. So I'm I'm gonna do this one. What is your X factor in this game this in this week? You could be, I don't care if it's Cowboy, if you want to say it's a Steeler, you know, that's kind of up to you. What what do you think is the biggest X factor in the game, RJ? Um, you know, um, I, I certainly peruse uh, the behind the steel curtain um, comment section as much as I can. Um, the, the second best espionation site there is, uh, for obvious reasons. Um, and, uh, but but I don't quite know the pulse um, of how Steelers fans view James Conner as an example. I, I know that you know league wide he has his own reputation and obviously a great story in his own right as well. I, I think James Conner is the X factor. I mean, I think every cowboy or every running back the Cowboys have faced has has run all over them, and it, it the Cowboys are, are a get right team in that respect. And I, I think if if there has been, I, I feel like I've seen some some people down on James Conner, ready to move on, or whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I think that this this is the elixir for that, and and so I, I think James Conner controls this game. I hate to be super cliche, like oh, you know, Steelers are going to dominate time possession, whatever. But I, I think that the amount of times James Conner wins will dictate the way this goes, and I think that that's going to be a lot. Yeah, if Jeffrey, how would you sum up Steelers fans with James Conner? Um, they they don't we talk love, about what he does. They yeah. like to talk about when he's not there. They, they love, love to talk about the injury. James Conner. We love James Conner until he fumbles the ball or he's injured. Yeah. Then everyone's like, ooh, he fumbles at the worst yeah. times, or you know, he's he's always unhealthy. Uh the big the big story with James Conner that continues to kind of be a narrative that, that looks like it might be true is when he gets a lot of carries, when he gets a lot of snaps and he is that feature back who doesn't leave the field, his production goes down throughout the game. Uh, so, so this to me, to me, he's, he's, he's really good and he's even better when you limit his carries and his snaps. Uh, he, he's just that kind of player. He runs so hard that you just, I don't think he can keep it up for, for, you know, too many touches and he's not an Ezekiel Elliott. He's not a Derrick Henry who can sit there and run all day and, and keep going. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right, Jeffrey. I think in this game, I know that we're more we're this is supposed to be more focused on the Cowboys, but this is also them being able to handle what the Steelers have. And I would not be surprised if this is a game where you don't see much of James Conner in the second half and you see a whole lot of Benny Snell just because of how the game could play out. And you know, Snell with his hard running style didn't get a single carry or offensive snap last week because the Steelers barely ran the ball. Jeffrey and I broke down how they basically threw their way back into the game and kind of abandoned the run. But Jeffrey, do you have an X factor um, you want to talk about for this game? My X factor is Ezekiel Elliott. Okay. Because the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers vaunted run game without Tyson Alualu and without Devin Bush was not. Yeah. It was not a run defense. We were just – the Ravens could run one way and we would send the whole house there because if we didn't get there, 
they were going to break a run, and they just cut back, and it was mm -hmm. wide open again. Um, so with Ezekiel Elliott, I could see if you're going to have an X factor in this game, if you're going to have a situation where the Cowboys keep this close, that's what I always look at. How do the Steelers lose this game? Uh, Ezekiel Elliott is going to would have to take over the game. Yeah. And number two, uh, the narrative of the Steelers losing trap games, I've seen it so many times in the in the chat today, this sounds like a trap game. The more we talk bad about the Cowboys, they're like, oh, this sounds like a trap mm -hmm. game. Yeah. Is it Ben Roethlisberger on the road in games against teams that aren't supposed to be good and don't get a lot of press tends to play bad? And he especially is bad on the West Coast. I like bringing this up that mm -hmm. for his entire career, Ben Roethlisberger for the Steelers has as many wins west of the Rockies as Devlin Hodges does. Yeah. They have the same number of wins west of the Rockies. Ben Roethlisberger is like 2-7. and seven. Devin Hodges is 2-0. and oh. mm -hmm. If Ben has a really bad game and Ezekiel Elliott gets going, you could it see could be this game be one of those games where the Steelers are like, what's going on? Why, why are the Cowboys in it? And the Cowboys, because they'll be like, wait, we can win a game? Like, we're going to beat the Steelers? I could see that happening and kind of yeah. getting, the, getting them going. So my X factor is Ezekiel Elliott. If he can run all over the Steelers the way the Ravens did, then the Cowboys have a chance. I, I think you're exactly right. I think it goes right back to how we were thinking of Saquon Barkley when the Steelers went to face off in week one. They had to take him out because that was the biggest thing they'd worry about. RJ, I, need, I know you need to get going. Last <laughs> question. Prediction. Um, well, I would. Um, I think it's flattering that uh, you guys believe in Ezekiel. Yet, I think Cowboys fans would would laugh at that notion right now. Um, you know, has a bit I, of a fumbling issue as of late. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, um, it, it's hilarious that at one point in time, people people asked, "Is Dak only Dak because of Zeke?" Uh, you know, S Stephen Jones famously referred to um, Ezekiel as the straw that stirs the drink. Um, you know, that, that really hasn't been the case, um, unfortunately. So, so the idea of Zeke taking over a game is as big of a fan of I am of, of Zeke. Um, just, just does kind of seem preposterous, honestly. Uh, but I, I would love to be proven wrong. Um, I, I think the Steelers cover easily. I think the Steelers get a defensive touchdown. Again, I think it, this is, you know, this is your classic uh, enjoy the red zone channel for the first part of Sunday, lock down, get your meal, you know, get your high fives ready or your socially distanced, um, you know, ways of celebrating. Uh, and then, you know, kind of sit back, relax and enjoy your behind the steel curtain content as Sunday night football rolls in. Um, and I, I, that's just, you know, that's just who the Cowboys are this season. And it's unfortunate that, that such a great rivalry um, has to be spent this way. Uh, but I'm excited for what the matchup will look like in 2024 in Pittsburgh. I went to the game in 2016. And I, the last thing I want to say was, um, you yeah, know, my dad and I, we, we travel to a, a road game every year for the Cowboys. Obviously not this year. Um, and, and that's by far my favorite environment that I've been to. Uh, it really is such a special place. I'm a big fan of NFL history. And so I, I do have a, a deep respect for, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so I'm excited for this game. I'm very interested to see what the Steelers season looks like. I do think they're slept on. I think they're the best team in the AFC. Well, yeah, who knows? If you got really good seats in the in the lower level in the end zone, you might have had mine because apparently I didn't price them high enough because they were gone in about 45 seconds. And then I, I saw uh, how much everything was. So it's, this is this is a story for another day. Uh, but my dad and I, we sat next to Franco Harris. It was really cool. Uh, oh, so uh, uh, it, was, it was an awesome experience to watch the Cowboys win um, in, in those particular circumstances. All right. Now we all love you. Okay. That's just how <laughs> uh, we know that, that, that you have your own podcast podcast to get to. Jeffrey and I are going to stick around and break down a little bit more, but we wanted to thank RJ for coming with us. And um, 
I'd say it would be nice to see you again before it's four years, but that would take a, a Super Bowl matchup. So, you know, maybe 2021. We'll see what happens. Hey, guys. Um, you know, it would be awesome to see the Cowboys and Steelers meet in the Super Bowl. Uh, maybe in L.A., you know, that would be kind of NFL-y uh, for it to happen that way. Uh, but um, wh- whoever it is, um, I don't know if I'll be rooting for the Steelers, but I'm excited to see um, this journey. I'm excited to see uh, Ben Roethlisberger's career kind of finish up. And I'm excited to see how Mike Tomlin keeps that team going, because if anybody's going to find a way, I think it's going to be him. All right. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining us here. And, uh, and uh if, if if you're a Cowboys fan that stumbled in here, make sure you go checking out uh, um, bloggingtheboys.com. That's the SB Nation site for the Dallas Cowboys. Great site. You know, there's there's a few top-notch NFL sites, and you're just – you've got two of them represented here right now. So thank you very Appreciate much. Appreciate it, guys. Have All a good right, week. Thanks. Enjoy the game. All right. You too. Jeffrey, I'm going to – first of all – I got to get your prediction. I needed to let him go because we know that he had another yeah. engagement to get to, but I I wanted to get your prediction for uh, for for this game. I, I've been really trying hard to to figure out a way to predict this game to be twenty seven to seventeen in favor of the Steelers, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't think it's going to be that close. Uh, mm-hmm. You heard me say my X factor. My X factor is always how could this game be completely not what we think it could be, and how would that happen? And it would take, in my opinion, a, an enormous game from Ezekiel Elliott or any of the running backs on Dallas just running roughshod through the Steelers to really create that kind of opportunity. I don't see it happening. I'm going to go 32 to 9. I think you might have taken my score. I, I had, I'm had. i going to have something very similar um, tomorrow night on the preview. Uh, sorry I didn't get to this one. RJ was still here. I, I kept it up here for a while. Sean threw in another $2 <laughs> into the tip jar. And you know what? He was going to agree with us. Yes. The Rudys, they're better than Jerry yes. Jones. We all know this. I mean, I mean Sean, I tell you this. We appreciate the $2. You just wasted $2. <laughs> Yeah. That's like saying water is wet. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Jeffrey, I have an idea. Unless you have something you really want to do, I want to I want to take about five five to seven minutes, and I want to do an Ask Jeffrey segment from everyone in the live chat. How often do they get to just ask okay. you stuff? It's going to be specifically it. for Jeffrey. Remember, he's the film guy. So, um, I want to start with. No, I'm not single. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it, what's really funny is you and I are really in a very similar <laughs> stage in our life, uh, doing this for the Steelers for fun. Um, you know, primary caregivers for our kids. Our kids are similar ages. We're very similar in age. Um, it's it's some good stuff. So I put that out there in the live chat for anyone. Uh, I'm now looking for a question. I know sometimes it takes a couple minutes to get through. If anyone has a specific question, hopefully Steelers-wise or Cowboys-wise, okay? <laughs> Super Steelers wants to know if Jeffrey misses Toys R Us. Since, in case you don't get the reference, in case you don't get the reference, because it was Jeffrey the giraffe yeah. that was the mascot. So yeah, I used to I used to get that. I used to get called Jeffrey giraffe. I actually have a really long neck. <laughs> you can see. Um, I used to get called Jeffrey giraffe, but also mm-hmm. Toys R Us was my favorite place in the world. Oh, I mean, I do it, miss it. 
their you know, toys were too expensive, but as a kid, oh, I mean, dude, my kids would love to just because it's everywhere. You just go the to clearance, everywhere. the clearance. I lived for oh, the Toys R Us oh clearance rack in most days, yes. man. You oh my sort through all the broken toys and find one that wasn't broken enough that you could still play with. Yes, yes. <laughs> See, now growing up, I didn't live close to a Toys R Us, so as, as I got older, I I appreciated someone older, and especially with my kids, it was always great. We we got another super chat, two dollars from. From Dark Storm One to tell us water is wet. So that might be the most controversial super chat we've had today. <laughs> that go. might be the number one, sir. You are you're you're stirring okay. things up here. All right, this is here's another one that's in reference to last night. Donald wants to know if you've seen the movie Contact. Oh, I missed I missed the show, man. Huh? I don't know what the reference is. Huh? It was it was from our show last night. It's because I'm messing I up some. Last night. It's it's somebody's screen name on on. That I keep messing up on the Scobro show, and they say it's from the movie Contact, and I'm like, I saw that movie in the theater when it was out, and I haven't seen it since. So I I don't know. So if you I can't know, I if can't you know grab the, the I can't grab the quotes here, but the one right underneath that one, the question. Okay. Oh, you ready? You want that one? The double H H. Yeah. Okay. What do the Steelers need to be different when Bugs and Mondu play more snaps? Isaiah Bugs, everyone talked about Isaiah Bugs' difference in the first and the second half. You're going to hear a lot of people tell you he had a great, you know, something happened. He was fired up. That first half, he was favoring his ankle. You kept saying he, he was one injured. leg. He had, he was, he would brace. He would have that bracing leg. He put his other foot down and pick it back up. Like, ow. Like, he was in pain. I would tell you he was in pain. And one of the things that the NFL has is the really good legal prescription painkillers and when he came out in that second half isaiah bugs was on the good drugs that's okay what you said that's is, this is all i'm gonna tell you he was on those good drugs <laughs> that's what happened he, he then, played a phenomenal game after well, that and you said gotta get as much from them as early as you can before they wear off because yeah he, said, he got the good stuff he did then he <laughs> tore up that second half um in this game i'm not that worried the cowboys offensive line is crap yeah, they're really bad. They're, they're, like, they're hurting. They're hurting. They've got they've got receivers. Especially when you compare what they used to be. Yeah, like the Cowboys have receivers. They don't have an mm-hmm. offensive line to run the ball anymore, and they don't have a quarterback that can get the receivers the ball. Yeah. That's what they have. It, it's th- this is bad team. So uh, for this Mondo, um, he's close, man. He is close. I think he's going to be. I think he's pretty good. Uh, he's just not a super big guy. He's kind of yeah. small for a defensive tackle, I think. He he he's he's there. He's close to making plays, and it's been. I mean, if you want to pick a worse way to start your career, you know, coming in for an undefeated team, playing against the Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry, you oh. have a really good run blocking team with the best running back in football, and the next week. You're, you you walk face first into the nastiest rivalry in the NFL against the team that wants to run all over you, and Tyson Alualu goes down, and all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, Mondo, you're up. Hold the line." Yeah. And he's, I mean, that's rough. That is a rough way to start your career. I think Mondo is going to be fine. I think Bugs is. Oh, I'm a big fan there. of Bugs. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Bugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know what? I'm a big fan of the Steelers system on the defensive line because it doesn't matter who they put in there it seems like they're churning out some of the top defensive linemen in the league i mean two years in a row 
all their guys, you know, the guys are getting the snaps are all ranked up in there. If, if you're, if you are okay with PFF rankings, because it's just the, what Steelers do with them. Okay. Uh, Cree wants to know with the young kids playing on D, will they be able to really stop Zeke? Yeah. I, I'm going to have to agree with, with our guest. Uh, yeah. 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 Zeke's not really that much of a threat. There is a chance. I just there am thinking of the last time he played the Steelers and he busted through the line for that. 30, yeah. There's a chance. Yard touchdown that- and- that yeah. this team is putting things together. I wanted to kind of talk about that, uh, but I, I don't think he would have had any of this. That that they looked like they were starting to put things together a little bit against Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and, and so I, I kind of wanted to bring that kind of comparing them to the 2019 Steelers and how the 2019 Steelers really came together on defense and carried carried the team. And like, you know, what would it take for the Cowboys to have that kind of a situation happen? I don't think he would have he would have entertained that at all, yeah. uh, at all. Uh, their depth on their defensive tackle is terrible. Like it's, there's so much bad. Steelers fans need, and the ones that are screaming for his head all the time. I just I'm wondering what you're looking for. You don't understand how good you have it with Mike Tomlin. Yeah, that I mean. Yeah, with with, with because. To hold that together and to say, all right, we're going to struggle on offense. We're going to rally this defense and to go out there and do that and pull off, you know, a decent season the way they did. I mean, and honestly, I love the fact that they got rid of the first round draft pick because, because you know what? No excuses for this team. Can't no. say we just want a better draft pick because you're not going to have one. Um, Kareem wants to know what receiver stands out to you the most on tape. Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, he is – he executes – he's Heinz Ward, man. He is the second coming of Heinz Ward. He is that good. Uh, he got stomped a good one by Marlon Humphrey for half a game. Like, Marlon Humphrey had his number mm-hmm. for half of that mm-hmm. game. Uh, Chase Claypool is great. I love him to death, but he has a lot of growth, and we're yeah. seeing that. He has a lot of growing to do. Um, I hyped him a lot. I believe in him a lot. I think he's getting there, and he is growing as the season continues, but he's got a lot to do. Uh, players are able to shut him down. Um, Deontay Johnson, I love him to death too, but he is what he is. I don't think he is going to grow into a superstar. I think he's going to be that player who starts out and kind of just is what he is. He was mature when he came into the NFL, and he's kind of been that guy since. He's been the same player since he got into it. So to me, it's still Juju. Juju stands out. He's just, he's the complete package and teams are shutting him down. I love Deontay Johnson, what he can do. It just doesn't seem like he is always, he just hasn't got that click with Ben to where they just know what each other's doing all the time. And and Ben knows he's going to be there. I think he has that ability from a physical standpoint, but it just seeing things and dissecting things and knowing what the other's thinking. I just don't see it. I see more, more mess ups from from DJ not being on the same page as Ben more than anybody else. And occasionally, you know, the next closest would be um, James Washington. I already think that I already think that Chase Claypool is much more on the same page with Ben than both of those guys. Um, from yep. what I've seen, to actually think, speak what you're talking about with Deontay yeah. Johnson, I would call that a lack of focus slash attention to detail. Mm-hmm. That we saw with Antonio Brown, where Antonio Brown got in a game and was just locked in, and he he mastered all the little details. That whole perfecting, honing his craft, always working on my craft thing that I don't see from Deontay. Yeah, I don't see that yet. 
And the other problem, and don't know if we'll see it at all. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't know if we'll he's see. just not that guy. Yeah. Um, gotta ask this question from Sean. He says, "Who do you see as the biggest team to stop the Steelers from winning a title?" Kansas City, man. Mm-hmm. We were built to beat Kansas City until Devin Bush got hurt. With Devin Bush out, you 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 tell me how we're going to defend both Travis Kelsey and the running back Clyde Edwards Hilaire, whether it's him or Bell. How are you? How are you defending both of those guys without diverting resources that you can't afford to divert from guys like Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Nicole Hardman? We we don't without without Levy without uh, Devin Bush. I'm kind of hoping someone else takes them out because I don't think we can. I know what you mean. There's a lot of stuff that can happen between now and when they would finally face the Chiefs. Yeah, they, the, you know they got at least nine more games. Yeah, the caveat, the big caveat there is that this this offense can score with them. Yes, which so far this isn't an offense that can score with the Chiefs. Yeah, uh, they and, have shown an ability to adapt. They've shown ability to change, but man, you got to put together a full game where yeah. you're really just moving down the field. And you're going to get nine or 10 games until you even have to worry about that. So you yep. have a lot you can figure out for now. But that question was right now. Right now, that's there it the is team. right now. Yeah, I, I, I see exactly what you're saying. We've got time for a couple more. Uh, Rod wants to know well, what running schemes uh, do the Steelers have most difficulty with outside zone or big on big? Uh, it's changed. Yeah. It's really changing. Um, outside zone is a big strength of this team, um, but not a big strength of our defensive tackles right now. Not mm-hmm. with not with Alu Alu gone. Chris Wormley, as much as he wasn't really showing a whole lot in those kind of in an outside zone, he was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Great outside zone uh, defender. But I I would say. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the outside zone. Our big strength in outside zone is our edges. I mean, you don't want to run outside zone towards Bud Dupree. Yeah. You don't wanna you don't wanna run outside zone towards TJ Watt. Like nope. so so that's still strength, but the cutbacks are there. The cutbacks are there on those, and they're probably gonna continue to be. Robert Spillane was biting hard on the Ravens outside runs, like biting so hard. After the the 28-yard run J.K. Dobbins had where he just ran past Robert Spillane, Robert Spillane started over pursuing overplaying runs to the outside and they just cut him back. And that's where you saw almost all the big gains after that. You saw Robert Spillane, you know, give up those cutbacks. And at the same time, they're getting there. They, the teams aren't really even blocking him like they did Devin Bush, like they're doing Vince Williams. Uh, a couple times we've seen them throw a tight end on Terrell Edmonds and leave Robert Spillane unblocked. It shows you they're willing to take chances on him. Hmm. Which kind of leads to the next question. We're going to try to do a couple rapid fired real quick right before the okay, end of the show. Uh, but Trey wants to know if you can do this one rapid. Uh, what kind of impact do you believe Williamson will have once he understands the playbook? Williamson is the responsible guy. He's not the playmaker. He's not the flash. He's the Ryan Clark uh, kind of guy. He's going to be in the right position. He is not going to over pursue. He's not going to be the guy who bites. He's not going to provide provide splash plays. He is just going to be in the right place and make a tackle or be in the right place and convince a running back to go somewhere else. He's going to be the unsung hero, in other words, you're saying. Yeah, he. I think he's a great fit for what we have mm-hmm. because he's not a Spillane. He's not a Vince Williams, who are both more guys who, who will make plays but also give them up. Gotcha. 
Very good. Okay. Um, Boing Boom wants to know your thoughts on Justin Lane and Marcus Allen. Everything I've seen from Justin Lane is great. I like Justin Lane a lot. Uh, Marcus Allen, there's a reason they brought up Ulysses Gilbert III to play Dimebacker when Bush went down. He's oh, not right. bad, but he's not good. There you go. That, that's, that's a fifth-round pick. You're, you, yeah. Sometimes you hit and sometimes you don't. Okay, Steelers-Pittsburgh, do you see Bugs as an every-down player? Uh, no, not right now. Not this, not like you not see him right up. now. I'll, I'll, I'll be follow there? up. Do you could think he, be he there? could evolve into that? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Uh, I think he could be a guy who who turns into a kind of a Kiesel, you know, a late bloomer, mm-hmm. late starter for when Cam Hayward is gone. Yeah, because I was going to say, Aloalu's up there too. He's the, yeah. now the Colquitt's gone, Aloalu's back to. Aloalu's second it, oldest player on this team. Yep, it goes Ben, Aloalu. Older than both kickers. Yeah. <laughs> and, not, um, and then it's old. um. Big Al, I think, is number three. Yeah, then you get to the offensive linemen who yep. are older. So here you go. Uh, Steeler Chick 46. Jeffrey, how many sacks will the Steelers get this year? I'm going to go 55. I don't think they reached 56. That was kind of a fluky year where they gambled a lot to get it. I, I'll go 55. Although I, that's a low number for the rest of the season, isn't it, Dave? That's why I'm going with my pick from the offseason. They're going to go. No, I said they're going to hit 60. Gonna I said 60. they're going to hit 60. So could, I I, I'm sorry. I, I look at sack percentages and I look uh-huh. at pressure rates and stuff like that. I don't really look at total sacks. Yeah. 55 is probably too low. If you look at our second half of our schedule, we could go big. Mm-hmm. Yes. But guess what teams are going to be trying to do? Just don't let the Steelers get a bunch of sacks. You know, that's going to be what they're going to try to scheme around that as much as anything. Jeffrey, I haven't done a show with you for a very long time. This was a lot of fun. I really yeah. enjoyed this. Um, I'm kind of glad we got this little bit of extra time here at the end. I hope everyone enjoyed the Ask Jeffrey a Question section. So, But this was Know Your Enemy. So this ultimately did come down to the Dallas Cowboys. This is the, the I really do feel this is one of those games where the Steelers have every opportunity to come out of there, there and just take care of business. The question, you know, and that's what makes Steeler fans nervous. <laughs> and every time, the more we talk about it, the more I'm like, oh, gosh. I make yep. that prediction, I'm like 32 to 9, and then inside I'm like, oh, we're going to lose this game. Oh. <laughs> so are you nervous? Are you a little bit nervous? Absolutely. I'm just glad they don't have some quarterback stashed on their practice squad with like a 4-4-40. I'm just, I'm just so glad that isn't the case because he would just be like, woo, I just ran for a touchdown. And the Steelers would be like, hey. we weren't expecting that. Well, yeah, because they they weren't because of not being able to expect it. My thing I'm is, also, I'm also expecting Ben to throw like six picks in this game, just because <laughs> you how how much more Ben Roethlisberger can you get than you beat you win two really tough games where he plays really well, takes over that second half, outplays Lamar Jackson, then he goes west to a game that doesn't matter mm-hmm. to a team we don't need to beat for the standings to a team that's absolutely terrible and their quarterback is a nobody, how much more on-brand would it be for Ben Roethlisberger than to beat all the great teams and then just totally lay an egg and cost the Steelers a game against a team like the Dallas Cowboys? That's Ben Roethlisberger. You want Ben to play good? Give him a primetime matchup. Get him in the playoffs. Get him some team that's really good. Ben will light the scoreboard up. You want to see Ben Roethlisberger forget how to play football Take him to the West Coast, put him against the team that's a that's a, a you know a cakewalk, and and watch him forget how to play football. Hey, I'm going to leave Steelers fans <laughs> with some with some positive. I'm going to go glass half full to close us out. That was that was Ben's old elbow. 
Now we've got Ben's new elbow. Ben's new elbow is not going to lose these kind of games. That's how what I'm going to go with right there. Well, that's also, how it works. I'll also add into that that all those games we lost, all the games we lose like that, when Ben plays badly, we had a terrible defense. Yes, and we were relying on Ben to win those games. So even if Ben plays terrible, the defense could just be like, "Look, seriously, do we have to score your touchdowns for you? We will do it if we have to." You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that if they if they set him up in good field position, he's going to score a touchdown. He pulls that out. Yeah. He'll be like, "Oh, we're at the twenty two yard line, and I'm starting to drive." Well, now I guess I have to score a touchdown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And but you know what's so nice is you have Ben Roethlisberger who can actually do that, and you don't just have to settle for a field goal after yeah. gaining three yards in three plays. So yeah. that's what we have to look forward to with the twenty twenty Steelers. We're looking at history. We're looking to make history to get to that eight and zero. You know, it's just it's never happened. I picked the Steelers to lose this game before the season started, but that's when they were three point underdogs. It's completely yeah. different now. When so, Dallas looked like a good team, yes, they did. They really did. It looked like these were two equal teams. So this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it, Jeffrey. Thanks for all your time. You'll be back with Michael next week. And make sure you are checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. We've got all kinds of great stuff. Jeffrey's Film Rooms. I do some stat stuff and other things. Lots of commentary. Everything that's on there, it's what you need. And also make sure you are checking out the live YouTube shows. And if you're one of those YouTube people and you haven't checked out the audio show, make sure you do that. If you haven't, my Thursday morning stat geek, I will tell you this. I will tease it. The last time the Steelers lost a game to a quarterback making their NFL debut, I will I will tease you with this. That quarterback is now in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So with that said, we will see you all next time for Know Your Enemy. Good night. <laughs>